Hey guys, welcome to the channel. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff uh, for you today. Um, we hit 11,000 subscribers, so thank you to everybody who subscribed. Um, that went very quickly in terms of uh, from about, uh, I think we started out around 200 about two weeks ago. So we're, uh, we're slaying it in that uh, department. Um, there was a bunch of people that commented uh, in relation to the spy documents that I've been releasing, the Scientology spy files, that um, they had some questions on certain things. So I realized um, I have a few documents to show you that are going to kind of set up a lot of the things that we're going to talk about. And then also I'm going to put some pictures of some of the people that are being talked about in the files. I'm going to actually put their pictures up so you can put a face to the names um, because it's mostly the same people over and over again. Um, so one of the main questions that people, um, had were, um, the thing in Scientology they call SP or suppressive person. So what I'm going to show you today is the two documents that my wife and I got, Claire and myself got when we escaped from Scientology, they actually wrote what's called a suppressive person declare. And this is, uh, basically a document that names myself and names Claire as suppressive persons. Now, in Scientology, a suppressive person is the worst thing you could possibly be. That basically means that no Scientologist in the world can be anywhere near you or talk to you and have any connection with you. I mean, um, I think Aaron Smith-Levin, who has a channel on here, if you haven't uh, been to his channel, you can look up Growing Ups in Scientology on YouTube. And he's got, he's been, he's done hundreds and hundreds of videos, but his dog was declared a suppressive person. So like Scientology, their Scientologist neighbor is not allowed to have any contact with Aaron's dog because uh, he is Aaron's dog and Aaron is a suppressive person. So that's the level of insanity in Scientology. If you are a suppressive person, no one can be near you. No one can um, have anything to do with you. And in fact, in Scientology, they believe if you have an accident, um, like a car accident or you break your arm or you break your leg, any kind of accident as a person, or if you get sick or if you're ill or you need to go to the doctor, that is a result of you being PTS, which is a potential trouble source. And the only way you can be a potential trouble source as it is, is if you are connected to a suppressive person. So suppressive uh, persons in Scientology are like kryptonite. You cannot have any dealings with suppressive persons. So in, in, in effect, when they declare you a suppressive person, that means that anyone in Scientology that knew you now is not, they know you're not allowed, they're not allowed to talk to you or have any contact with you. So um, let me just set up how we ended up getting these. So I left on... Um, I left on January 4th, 2005, and um, not to not to get into the whole story. This, the whole story is in my book, Blown for Good, Behind the Iron Curtain of Scientology. But um, basically, I was in a post, I was, my position was the International Systems Director. So I was in charge of audiovisual systems for Scientology internationally. It was my job to set up every single organization with all these high-tech AV systems. And I couldn't get any funding for that. 
So I started resorting to other means of obtaining funding. And one of those things is that they had a lot of old equipment from the 1980s and the, even the 70s um, that were still brand new from that time that had never been used. And they were actually throwing these. It was 16 millimeter projectors. They were throwing these 16 millimeter projectors um, away and getting rid of them because there was no need that we don't, we just still didn't use 16 millimeter projectors in any of the Scientology organizations. But at the time, uh, there was a, they were very, very valuable because there was a lot of people that were buying them and playing old films. And it was kind of like a, it kind of had a whole second life as a hobby, a very expensive hobby even. And, um, and here I was sitting on tons and tons of these vintage projectors that were still brand new in the box. It was an amazing amount of um, money that these could be sold for. And they were throwing them away down in Los Angeles. And when I found out about that, I said, hold on a second, put those, take those out of the roll off. They were literally in pallets or just dumped in roll offs. I had them take them out of the roll offs, put them on pallets and then send them to me at the international headquarters. Now, when I did that, I got approval from the advisory council and the executive council and the financial banking officer, all these people you have to get things approved through, that I would use that to um, whatever I could sell them for, I would be able to use that funds to buy the equipment that I needed to buy to fund my projects and the things that I was working on. Anyway, so some winch hunt um, went down and they started auditing all the files that I had and they said, hey, there, there's, um, there's some money missing because you sold it for this amount, but that amount was didn't go into the account. And I said, well, yeah, well, there's PayPal fees and eBay fees. And they said, oh, no, no, no. You never said that those fees would also have to be funded. So we're going to basically, you embezzled the money. You took the money and now we don't have that money. And, um, and I was like, okay, I mean, this is ridiculous. I, I, got, I made $15,000 out of trash that you were throwing away. And now you're going to light me up for 250 bucks worth of P PayPal fees or eBay fees or what shipping anyway. And so I said, Hey, I'll pay you the 250 bucks and then figure, well, I'll do a new proposal that includes the fees for all the new stuff. And they said, no, 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 no. It's what's done is done. Um, that's it. You're going to go to the RPF, which is the uh, rehabilitation project force, which is like this labor camp. Um, uh, it's basically like a Scientology gulag anyway. Um, so I said, adios amigos. And the next morning with the help of police, I escaped from the international headquarters. And again, this whole story is in my book, but this is the super abbreviated version. Okay. So that was on January 4th. Um, after I left on January 4th, they had people calling me full time, trying to get me, convince me to come back. Um, by the time they got a hold of me, I was in Kansas City where my non Scientology father lived. And, um, and they were like, oh, this was a big mistake. David Miscavige said, the person who said you were in trouble, that person is toast. You're not in trouble. Um, absolutely. It was a miracle that you sold all that stuff and got the money. And this is a big misunderstanding. This should have never happened. Everybody involved with this is in big trouble, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I was basically like, I'm not coming back. I don't give a shit. Um, you guys can do whatever you want. I've, by this time I've slept, I've eaten and I'm like, I'm thinking a lot more clearly now. And also I'm free. So I don't have to put up with any of their nonsense. Um, but Claire, my wife, I think at this time, at this point, when I left, we had been married for th nearly 13 years. 
And she was still there. So, um, and they had her call me as well and try to convince me to come back. And um, I basically, I knew they were listening in on the call. And I basically told them, if Dave Miscavige said that everything's going to be great when I get back, then I know 100% that it's not going to be great. And um, and basically, I refused to come back. So um, fast forward uh, to maybe a week or two later, I managed to secretly get a message to Claire. And um, she gives me her new phone number. They took her phone and they canceled the other number so I wouldn't be able to contact her. I get a secret message to her. She gets a message back to me giving me her new number. And then we plan her escape, which happens on January 24th. Okay, so now... This whole time they've been trying to get me back and claiming that I did nothing wrong and that even the 250 bucks was like, forget about that. And remember the $250 figure because that's going to come up throughout all of these documents. This figure somehow just grows and grows and grows. And eventually I think it's in the 15 or 20, $30,000 that I embezzled. Anyway, so the, um, the, the day Claire escapes they basically know we're not coming back. So that's January 24th. And then on January 27th is when we get um, the first declare is issued and that's on Claire. And I'm going to read that for you right now. So hold on a second. Let me pull that up. Okay. So here it is. So it's, it's, it's very clearly, this is from Church of Scientology. It says Church of Scientology International at the top. It's a flag conditions order 12559, 27 January, 2005. Int base, int data files, and flag data files. That just shows, um, that's the distribution for this sort of issue. So it goes to every single person on the int base. It goes to the international data files, and it goes to the flag data files. And that's basically so that... If it ever comes up that Claire and I went into any Scientology location anywhere in the world, um, if they cross-check, they'd find out, oh, these people are suppressives and they have to make sure we get right out of there. Okay, so here it is. It says, suppressive person to Claire. Claire Headley, wit. Claire Headley, wit, is hereby declared a suppressive person. Claire was a staff member of the Church of Scientology International. She intentionally deserted her position in the church in violation of HCOPL 7 December 1976, leaving and leaves. When given the chance to to standardly handle her situation, per LRH policy, Claire refused and chose to be declared. Investigation found that Claire has a history of out-tech and squirreling. Um, Out-tech is just like not doing something exactly the way L. Ron Hubbard said, and squirreling is the exact same thing. Claire has audited above her classification and committed out-tech, including auditing PCs on FPRD procedure without any certificates. So basically, because Claire was an executive correction um, person for a while in Religious Technology Center, she would sometimes have to um, do uh, Scientology counseling with people on the e-meter, and they're saying that she didn't have any certificates to do that, even though they 100% knew exactly what she was doing whenever she was doing it. She also audited OTs without training or certification to do so. When Claire was responsible for the training and correcting of staff, she directed others to audit above their training level, thus further perpetuating out-tech and squirrel handlings on staff. Claire has given up her rights as a Scientologist by her actions, and she may not receive the benefits of the codes of the church. 
Any certificates or awards that Claire has been awarded by any of Scientology are hereby canceled. By any church of Scientology are hereby canceled. Any licenses or agreements that she may have acquired to use any of the trademarks or service marks of Dianetics or Scientology are likewise canceled. And any membership agreements that Claire may have signed with any church of Scientology are also canceled. She, should she come to her senses and recant, Claire is to do the A to E steps per the HCOPL 23 December 1956 RB Suppressive Acts, Suppression of Scientology and Scientologists. Her only terminal in the church is the International Justice Chief. And then it, it's this issue is from the International Dust Justice Chief. And it says International Justice Chief authorized by AVC International, which is uh, part of Int Management. It's the author. AVC is the author, Authorization, Verification, and Correction International for Church of Scientology International. And then it has all the signatories. And then it even has a little copyright notice at the bottom in case any of you think this is a doctored document. Um, this is 100% a document from them. Okay, so this is this whole thing is like, Okay, whatever. <laughs> who gives a who gives a hoot? Anyway, so this comes out on 27 January. Now that's the crazy thing. I left before Claire. Mine hadn't come out yet. <laughs> Mine comes out and here it is on January 28th. And now it basically it's um is it even the same? I'm going to look at this. Is it uh yeah, it's actually it comes right after hers in the series. So hers was flag conditions order twelve five five nine and mine's twelve five six oh. And it comes out the next day on January twenty-eighth, and I'll just read it right here. Suppressive person to glare, Mark Morgan Headley. Mark Headley, former staff member of the Church of Scientology International, is hereby declared a suppressive person. On January fourth, Mark Headley, and this is so awesome. I was there for 15 years. They misspell my name. Okay, so <laughs> it's spelled twice, right? And then from, from then on, it, I think it's spelled either way. Um, on January 4th, Mark, with a K, Headley intentionally deserted his position within the church in violation of HCLPL, December 1976, leaving and leaves, and has failed to return standardly to standardly handle per LRH policy. Mark has a history of violating church financial policies, thus blocking key dissemination projects from moving forward and wasting org funds. Prior to his desertion, Mark was found to have embezzled over $750. See, it's already tripled in two weeks. <laughs> And obtained through unauthorized selling, fully authorized, of church audiovisual equipment. He was also found to have spent in excess of 4,500 of church funds without authorization through services obtained from an outside company without approval, as well as purchasing audiovisual equipment based on unauthorized planning and which could then be not be used for its intended purposes. The money that I dug out of the dumpster couldn't be used for its intended purpose. Mark also hired a broker for purchasing of audio equipment approved for a vital dissemination project in contravention of church policies. This broker ended up being paid over 50000 for equipment. He was never paid, um, resulting in the funds having to be recovered on legal lines. Well, they took it back or they didn't pay him. They, he, he tells me they never paid him. By his own admission, from earlier position at church, Mark was party to wasting in excess of a hundred thousand dollars of church funds on other church dissemination on another church dissemination project. Now, in Scientology, if your area 
is um, let's say you're making a, a commercial. That's what we were doing in this instance. We're making a commercial and then um, Scientology doesn't end up using the commercial or they the marketing is flawed or it doesn't get any books or anything. That money that was used to shoot that promer- commercial was wasted and whoever worked on it wasted that $100,000. So they could use that. Like if f- four other people would have, were have blown and they also worked on that same commercial, they would have also wasted $100,000. In, in Scientology, Scientology and and specifically at Golden Air Productions, if any there's any waste or like any product loss, the staff themselves are billed for that product loss. So like in my case, um, and this is also in my book, um, we used to make um, tapes, cassette tapes, and they used to come on these big reels of pancake. It was called a pancake of, of tape and it was made by TDK. And if one of those pancakes broke, it was $30 worth of tape would be lost. And we would get billed that $30. Um, I also got billed for a, a cow and a calf one time that died when we were blowing some stuff up uh, during a film shoot. And the, there was a stampede at a dairy nearby. I got billed for that too. Um, any certificates, it basically this is the exact same. All the certificates and all the nonsense. Um, should he come to his senses and recant Marcus to do the ADE steps? His only terminal in the church is the international justice chief. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so... We are now declared suppressive persons. So that basically, and and our families were shown these documents and told on January 28th that Claire and I were declared suppressive persons. Now, we never saw these. These were never given to us. We were in negotiations with Scientology from January until about, I want to say, April of the same year for months we were in negotiations on how we could handle our situation and not be declared, but we would we would never return as well. We just were like, we'll, we'll go our way. You guys go your way. Um, we're not giving you any money. We're not going to try to get back there, but we're still going to, we still want, would like to talk with our families if that's at all possible. And they were negotiating this. Having already issued these declares, these SP declares, they never told us that they did that. And they never told us that they had done, um, said that with um, our families. Um, And the funny thing is, is that Claire's mother, even though we had left and even though she had already sent this, she'd already seen this, they'd already shown her this. Claire's mother gave us a quite, uh, I mean, it was several thousand dollars she gave us to help us, even though she was not allowed to talk to us. And she certainly shouldn't have been sending us money per Scientology's policy. Um, And she did. Um, So that was very helpful. Thank you, Jen. We appreciate that. Um, If you want to see your grandchildren, uh, just give us a call. Um, Claire's uh, neither... Oh, my mom has now seen our um, kids because she went to a funeral that we attended. But um, Claire's parents have never seen or her um, siblings, the the children's aunts and uncles have never seen our kids um, since our first child was born in 2006. They've never seen our kids. Like they've never met them. Um, okay. So those are the, those are uh, suppressed. That's what a suppressive person declare looks like. Now, just so you know, if you are a Scientologist um, and somebody does something, you can write a report on them. You can basically, they're um, subject to Scientology's policies. As soon as you become a suppressive person, you are immediately, um, your level in Scientology goes to the top. 
you they they can't, Scientologists can't talk to you. They can't they can't do anything. You are like a um, it's just like it's SP superpowers. You have superpowers when you become an SP because you could go into a supermarket. There could be 10 Scientologists in there. As soon as you walk in there, they have to leave. They've got to drop their groceries and get out because just the mere presence of SP next to a Scientologist, it's like Scientology kryptonite. You can, you have so many powers that uh, you're able to de- defeat them and, and me even make them run from supermarkets. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sight to behold. Okay. So the next thing we're going to do is we're going to pull up some photos. So we've got, so the, our main star of the documents is a girl named Kirsten Katano and Kirsten Katano, now Kirsten Pedersen is the, uh, she's the external security chief or whatever they call it at um, OSA. And she's basically the main person who's writing all these documents back and forth. Now, Kirsten's, um, I think both of her parents were in the C organization or the Guardians organization, um, which is basically what OSA was called in the, when L. Ron Hubbard first set it up, it was called the Guardians office. And the Guardians office, in case you don't know, is the organization that committed the largest infiltration into the United States government in its entire history. If you just look up Scientology Guardians office, um, I think it was 10 or 11 of the Guardians office uh, members were um, convicted and sent to prison. And um, L. Ron Hubbard was actually an unindicted co-conspirator, named an unindicted co-conspirator in that case. Um, so Kur- that's where Kirsten's parents worked. Um, and now when the, after, uh, after the Guardian's office, the Guardian's office, Guardian's office executives went to prison, they rebranded the Guardian's office and they called it OSA, the Office of Special Affairs. And that's where Kirsten works now. And she does the exact same job her father did. And she is the one who is responsible for basically containing anyone who leaves Scientology or is a threat to Scientology. She's responsible for maintaining and basically securing Scientology from those people. So whenever you hear um, about an ex-member escaping or an ex-member speaking out or an ex-member writing a book, um, that's basically an utter failure of Kirsten Katano. So you can see in the most recent years, um, she's pretty much a giant flat ball bearing in the machine of Scientology. Okay, so this is a picture of Kirsten right here. Um, This, I'm pretty sure this picture was taken at a protest. And um, and actually, this is a picture. I don't, uh, this is from the internet, but um, I've got a really cool picture of Kirsten right here. This is Kirsten um, getting chummy with LAPD. This is actually an LAPD um, SUV. And in the front seat, of the SUV is our next contestant that we're going to get to. And that his name is Kendrick Moxon or Ken Moxon or Rick Moxon. Any one of those names he goes by. Um, But here's another, this is a picture of her leaning on the SUV, talking to Ken Moxon, who's inside of a a police car while there are protesters at a Scientology facility. And in the driver's seat is a policeman just chauffeuring, um, the Office of Special Affairs around the block. And here's a picture you can see from the back of that um, SUV where Kirsten is leaning on it and um, leaning in and talking to Ken. 
Okay, so now we're going to pull up a picture of Ken, and I think this might be from the same day. Um, this is a picture of Ken Moxon right here. And um, and I knew Ken because his wife worked at the school, that I, Scientology school that I went to, and his son and daughter also attended that school. And his daughter um, also um, ended up working at the International Headquarters of Scientology, and she perished in an accident where she threw herself onto a high-voltage electrical transformer and was instantly incinerated. And um, he, he, knew, he knows this, and he still works for them. Um, by the way, you don't accidentally um, lift a several hundred-pound electrical vault uh, cover and then accidentally jump inside the vault and grab the uh, electricity terminals inside of the vault. That is not um, how accidents occur, in case uh, Scientology wants to say that that, that was an accident. Um, okay, so then that's Ken Moxon. Um, and you can see these guys are really chummy with LAPD uh, from these pictures riding around in their police vehicles. And I've got a ton more uh, stuff on Kirsten and Ken Moxon coming up in these documents. They are uh, they're frequent flyers in this Scientology spy business. OK, what else do we have? Um, I think that's what, I think that's all we got for today. Um, the other thing I wanted to tell you guys just real quick is that we're playing a game. It's called the birthday game. Uh, and by March 13th of 2023, we're going for having more subscribers than the Scientology YouTube channel. So if you support our cause here and you'd like to see us beat Scientology, hashtag beat Scientology, then, um, please subscribe below, um, comment and, um, set the bell icons on, do as much as you can to help the uh, algorithm because whatever you guys are doing right now, the algorithm is serving these videos up to people that are not looking for them and they're, they're watching them and then they're subscribing. So whatever you guys are doing, keep doing that. Subscribe below. We're going to beat Scientology, hashtag beat Scientology. Um, we're going to win the birthday game this year and we're going to have more. We're going to have the most uh, YouTube uh, subscribers between us and Scientology. And that is going to be the best present that we can give Scientology this year for the birthday game. Um, the other thing is if you want to support the Aftermath Foundation, which is helping people escape from Scientology or getting them back on their feet once they do escape, um, we um, have a website. It's called theaftermathfoundation.org, and you can go to there. You can donate. If you don't um, have a lot of money, you don't um, have money you want to donate directly, but you want a little trinket or something like that, you can go to the spshop.com. We've got Mike Render bobbleheads and SP bracelets, and that is now you know what an SP SP is if once you're an SP, um, you get this bracelet. In Scientology, when you receive, when you achieve the state of clear, they give you a clear bracelet. Well, when when uh, you are outside of Scientology and you support my my YouTube channel or uh, Aaron Smith Levin's channel or any buy Mike Render's book or get a bobblehead, um, you qualify to be a, a, an honorary suppressive person and you get a bracelet that says you are. And it's pretty amazingly awesome. They're stainless steel. We got them in all different sizes. There's a sizing chart on the spshop.com and you can figure out exactly what your size is and order it up and you'll have it within a few days. You'll have your own SP bracelet. It's pretty amazing. Um, if you... If you want to get a book, you want to read all about this craziness in detail, you can go to blownforgood.com 
And um, any of the books that you get from blownforgood.com are signed, hardback or paperback. They're signed by myself and my wife. Um, if you just want a book, uh, you can get it off Amazon, Kindle, Audible. All, there's a whole, all the links will be in the description, but you can pretty much get it anywhere that you can get a book. And um, yeah, thanks guys. We'll see you next time. Until next time, we're out.